0: Anybody can start a business, but it takes skill and tenacity to build something that will last. I'm Latasha Nicole, That Startup Girl, and my job is to help you build a business that is profitable and sustainable. I'm inviting my friends who are entrepreneurs that have walked the walk and are willing to share their journeys with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Conversations with That Startup Girl, the podcast. meeting is being recorded. Hello, 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 hello. I am Latasha Nicole, that startup girl, and welcome to the podcast Conversations with That Startup Girl. I am the owner of that startup group, CEO and founder where we work with small businesses to help them to certify, form and register their businesses. We also work with women who have businesses between zero and three years old to help them formulate and get their businesses up and running. And the purpose of the podcast is to be able to talk to my entrepreneurial friends, women who have walked the walk and who are willing to share their stories with you because this thing, this entrepreneurship thing, it is not a joke. It is a journey. It is an ever evolving road that you are on. And I think that it is helpful to hear stories from other people who have done it who are doing it, and who have advice to give. I'm excited to bring to you today, actually one of my girlfriends, a client, we met many years ago, and we are uh, we do a lot of business discussing together. So I know her business kind of intimately. So I thought that she would be somebody good to be able to come on and talk to you about the insights of actually building a business from scratch and revising that business throughout the process. So I want to introduce to you April Moore of Fresh Steps. I am not going to give April an introduction. I'm going to pass the mic over and let April introduce herself. So welcome to the show, April. Tell the people a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, thank you so much, Latasha, for having me on the Startup Girl podcast. Um, I am April Moore. I am the owner of Fresh Steps Medical Foot and Nail Spa in McKinney, Texas, where I specialize in... Advanced foot care, pedicures for clients that are uh, have compromised immune systems, diabetics. We work with athletes, um, anyone who's suffering from discolored, uh, damaged toenails to ingrown pincer toenails. All the above. If you have any type of fish foot issues, that is what I do. I am a, and advanced nail tech. I am a medical nail tech. I am oncology trained as well as an educator. Nail Ooh, care educator.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you are all things nail and I think what what stood out to me in your introduction and I already knew this but I think that it would be interesting to other people to hear is that there are levels to the nail tech thing. Right? There are levels to the industry. A lot of people nowadays and and you can tell us more but a lot of people when they think of a nail tech they think of somebody who's going to put on some acrylics or some gel nails and give you some polish and all this bling and or the the nail the local nail salon that you can go to but that's not what fresh steps is fresh steps is doing it a little bit different
1: yes we are totally absolutely different so Actually, um, like I said, we're in McKinney, Texas, but I'm actually from Chicago. And that is actually where I started my nail care career um, about 30, 31 years ago. Um, and then I actually went and got some degrees and went into corporate. Now I'm back at it. So back. When I first started doing nails, yes, it was all about the nail art. It was all about we had acrylic nails. We had um, gel polish wasn't even out when I started doing <laughs> nails. That's how we were. Uh, we were doing acrylics and uh, fiberglass nails. That's how how far back I go. And we were doing just basic water pedicures. And so that is what a lot of people know nail technicians, manicurists as making pretty nails. But since I've come back into um, the industry, so much has changed. So much has advanced and there's so many more techniques, products, tools that you can use and going into advanced foot care just happened to be one of the areas, um, that is out there for nail techs to actually specialize in. And that's kind of the route I took once I completed my medical nail tech certification.
0: So why did you, in an industry, a very popular industry like, you know, beauty and nails, and you already had learned how to do nails. So you knew how to do the nail art. You knew how to do the acrylics. Why did you chose to go choose to, go? the route of medical nail tech. And I don't think that I even heard that word before I met you or before you and I started to talk about this. What made you decide to go into that space in the nail industry?
1: Well, um, the thing about, so the medical nail tech is a certification and is not a license. I do not, um, let me just put this disclaimer. I do not do medical procedures on toes. However, I am trained to identify and refer and I work with doctors and my business is um, supervised by a doctor. But what actually made me go into this is that I was actually, um, when I moved to Texas, I um, decided not to go back into the corporate world. And so then I just picked up on my, went back into my trade, my skill. And um, I was working for a young lady, a manager who was a medical nail tech. And she saw the way I was doing pedicures and she called me Miss April. She was like, Miss April, you should really look into this program. I really think you will be good at it. So I looked into the program and I was like, oh, this is quite interesting and actually went through the program. It's actually an online program, but to get your certification, you have to intern with a podiatrist. Okay. And so during my internship is when I kind of identified the missing link.
0: Mm, okay.
1: So a little bit about my business background is that, well, before my business background, I originally wanted to be a surgical nurse. Okay. So. That didn't work out. So I actually went into business into the benefits. I was in HR, so I specialized in employee benefits. And so I knew a lot about the healthcare industry. So when I did my internship is when I identified there is something missing because everybody doesn't need a podiatrist, but then a lot of people cannot really take the risk of going into a traditional nail salon. Okay. And so... Therein lies a big missing piece because doctors, um, podiatrists don't necessarily have the time capacity to be able to um, cut and debris and do certain things to toenails that really need to be done for the clients that I work with. And so when I saw this and I saw that the place that I was working at while I was doing my internship, we were seeing a lot of these clients. Um, majority, I was working in a male grooming salon actually, and saw a lot of these clients and technically, um, we should not be, there's so many great areas in this. We won't go into all of that, but technically I may not should have been working on those clients in that particular environment. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't know what you don't know until mm-hmm. you go and get your, get more education and, um, see that things should be done a little differently. So once I left my internship there, my, my, my business sense kicked in pretty much. And I decided that at that point um, I was going to go back into business for myself. And that's when Fresh Steps Medical Foot and Nail Spa was created. And I, um, talk with some of the podiatrists that I joined forces with um, to get a medical supervisor and start Fresh Steps.
0: So I know the story and we're going to talk a little bit about the story of Fresh Steps. And I think this will be helpful to some of our, our listeners here. So when you first started Fresh Steps, even though it is called Fresh Steps Medical Foot and Nail Spa, there was a time where you were providing traditional nail services you were doing the manicures and you were doing the pedicures and you were seeing regular clients and that changed. And what do you think, I know that you, uh, you made a conscious decision to change that, but how do you think making that decision helped your business or did it help your business? And also what was it like to make that change? Because one of the things that I remember as we were talking through like the, the fresh steps and, you having the pedicure process that you have, you do what is called a waterless pedicure. And I didn't know a waterless pedicure was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. I I thought the water was a part of how pedicures work. So how Mm -hmm. did you make all of this come together? So you're going to stop doing, uh, well, you never did acrylics, but you stopped doing manicures and you stopped doing traditional pedicures. And you, you said, I saw a need and you jumped in and you... Activated a system based on that. So tell me a little bit about when you stopped doing nails at Fresh Steps
1: or manicures at Fresh Steps and how that went in your business. Right. So when I um right when I first started Fresh Steps, it's so funny because even though I started as a medical foot nail spa because of my training and because I had doctor supervision, I was still doing. I was still doing, right, the regular manicures. Now, when I started Fresh Steps, I did not start, um, I started waterless pedicures at that time. So prior to me working in this salon where I met this manager who introduced me to the medical nail tech program, I did have my nail business where I was doing dip acrylics and um, Nails by April. Yes, nail, <laughs> nail tech April. That's what it was. Yeah. Nail tech April. And so I was, I was doing, um, and I was actually coming back into the industry, and there was so many new things. So I was just kind of getting my practice back. I had got the acrylics, I got the dip powder, I got, um, I was doing gel manicures, the polish, um, I was doing water pedicures. So I was doing all of that. And to be honest, um. It was just a waste of my money because in my area, people weren't asking for all of that. They were basically asking for their manicures and pedicures, right? Mm. So a lot of stuff, like I had a lot of art stuff. And when I was originally in the industry, I was big on artwork. So I had a lot of art stuff. The art has completely changed. What they don't know is that been there did all of that. But people weren't even asking for artwork. Okay. And that's in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a very um, conservative area where a lot of business professionals, even like the stay-at-home moms are not really into all of that. Um, but for the clientele that I was servicing.
0: Mm, that's, so, let's wait, let's pause on that piece real quick because that's very important. So what what you said was you had all the equipment and all of the tools to do nail art, but mm-hmm. nobody was asking for nail art. So you had all of this stuff that was sitting there collecting dust, not making you any money. And I think why I wanted to stop on that because that's so important. I taught a a class earlier this week about validating your business idea and Mm -hmm. understanding where you are in the market. And a lot of times people aren't doing that. They're jumping in and they're doing what they want to do. They're not doing what the market tells you to do. And one thing that you said, April, that sticks with me all the time is your business going to show you what you need to do. So you Absolutely. are an example of that, whereas you, nobody is asking for these things. So you just got them on the menu. You wasting money in inventory buying this stuff and nobody wants that service.
1: So you decided, well, they don't want it. So let me throw it away. Right, exactly. And I, I, I didn't actually throw it away, but I did sell it. Like I literally had about $5,000 worth of nail art stuff. Some of it never even was touched. And I sold it on in my Facebook group for about $300, okay. you know, and and that was fine because at that time, and even, um, and actually I sold it later on. I actually left Nail Tech April. I had to close that business down because then I had a family issue. I was, you know, taking care of my dad with dementia. And that's when I wind up going into the male grooming salon. Okay. And that's when I really, you know, going after that certification is what i really learned when i opened up fresh steps i was doing i was still doing manicures but i wasn't doing all of that other stuff like i wasn't doing the the dip powders and the all of that so i did i got rid of all of that and i was just really starting to focus on feet and i would still do a traditional manicure for clients that because you know a lot of clients like to get their hands and done, nails done at the same they're and hands done at the same place Mm -hmm. and so I would only offer a traditional manicure and that was also waterless okay but to your point I was actually offering um diabetic pedicures spa pedicures they were all waterless but I still had a, a a menu of different things and the one thing and I didn't mention before that I'm also a business coach for nail tech so I strictly coach in the area of business when you're starting up, setting up your systems, your menus and things like that. And one of the things I tell my um, students, my clients is that, my coaching clients is that your menu of services is not for you. It is for your clients.
0: Very true. So I
1: realized all the stuff that I had on my menu was stuff that I wanted to do, but not necessarily what people were really looking for.
0: Mm, That is so good because that's how we waste money. That's Mm -hmm. how we We are Mm -hmm. trying to sell people what we want them to have versus what they want or what they need. And it's so much easier when somebody knows what they need and they're coming to you versus you trying to convince them of what they need. I always laugh and use the example of people, I remember when I lived in Ohio for a period of time, somebody literally knocked on my front door and tried to sell me a vacuum cleaner. And I just thought that was the dumbest thing ever right? right because if I wanted a vacuum cleaner I would go to the store to get a vacuum cleaner you know Um, uh, but right. you're walking around door to door selling vacuums and it's so hard to well it's harder I'll say to try to convince someone to get what you want and if they already know what they want one thing we talk about all the time your clients are looking for you you don't have to go find them they coming to find right. you right so talk about that talk about how being a specialist in a broad Mm -hmm. field, how that sets you apart.
1: Okay. So let's just start with when I decided to just, when I decided to open up Fresh Steps and do the medical pedicures, this was very, this was a very new concept in, um, in the industry period. Like a, a lot of people still, a lot of nail techs, a lot of consumers still don't even know that services that like what I provide even exist. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started my business, again, I have a business background. So I set it up with the intention that this was what I was going to live off of. And um, I started my marketing before I actually opened my business, because what I knew in doing my research and what I was getting ready to go into is that my marketing would have to be before i could be marketing to sell to you it had to be marketing to educate you and make you aware
0: that is so good that's good
1: understanding and i'm gonna let you get
0: back to it but that was a good point to speak on because right now in the world of social media you and i both know there's so many people out here that are marketing experts and marketing gurus and we have both run into situations where we've hired people to do marketing and they wanted to give us some flyers or they wanted to give us some social media posts and marketing is so much bigger than that. And you just made a very good point. You weren't marketing to sell, you were marketing to educate because in order to be able to sell your product or service, people had to know what it was. And so, yeah, and I think that's a very good point because you're introducing something new to the market, to the industry. So exactly. you can't just come on Facebook and make a post and say, hey, come get this waterless pedicure. And people are going to be like, what are you talking about? And waterless pedicure, you know, there's a lot of education in that. How long did you have to do that? Like, how how did you break out, so to speak?
1: Okay, so again, like I said, I started marketing my business and and educating like three months before I actually open two to three months before I actually opened and so when I was sending out information and then I did that through I had a company doing Facebook ads for me and realized that um, the medical pedicures and the waterless pedicures some people had actually heard of it but because of the marketing that I was doing they realized like oh my god this is what I need so that kind of helped me but also Um, I am a compliment to a podiatrist business. He is not like, I always tell my podiatrist, you got the big initials. I got the little initials. We do not, um, overstep our bounds. We stay in our lane when it comes to our services. We do not do things that a podiatrist would do. We do not dig out ingrown toenails, cut them out, do all of that other stuff. I do have other services that I can provide that can help that. But the, the process that I went through was just, I, I went door to door with my marketing materials to drop off at podiatrist's office. I found a list mm. of podiatrists in my area went and dropped off um, flyers to their businesses. I, um, and a lot of it was starting off with the Facebook marketing. So for the first few months of my business, So I started my business probably around uh, April, May, 2019, and then towards and then January of like 2020 is when I started going out to the um, to the The podiatrist's office. So my my build business was building up slowly because again we're talking about educating the consumers that's a lot for mm-hmm. one person to smile like we on a budget y'all like everybody knows <laughs> we got no money yeah. we trying to make it do what it do right right we're trying to make it do but the what i was getting was just basically sustaining the business mm-hmm. it was just paying the rent pretty much You know, so after I started reaching out to more podiatrists, they started learning about what I was doing. It was like, okay, And then we all know COVID hit
0: Mm
1: -hmm. in in March. Like I went and just delivered and introduced myself to these podiatrists in April and March. um, They shut us down.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So what I would say about that is um, COVID really did my business well because it brought an awareness to people in their healthcare.
0: Okay. Mm. And because,
1: you know, I can't, they not going to nobody. They don't want to touch nobody. They don't want to be in these places with all these other people. So it really brought a conscious awareness and the fact that a lot of people were shut in for so long and wasn't able to get the care that they needed.
0: Well, let's let's educate a little bit here. Two things I want to pull out from what you said. Um, First, your marketing strategy was brilliant. And I tell people this all the time is find you somebody with a similar audience to yours. And then you don't have to do all the work to find the customers. So what Mm -hmm. you did was you marketed fresh steps to podiatrists. And then instead of the customer who's at home, who's not familiar with waterless pedicures and medical nail techs and all that, you went to the doctor, somebody they already trust, and you built a rapport with that doctor, and then the doctor started to feed you clients. So that made your stream of clients come in, and I remember when you were literally walking around, hitting the streets, passing out pamphlets, leaving your information in podiatrist's office, and people today got to understand, social media marketing is not the only way And it may not be the best way. And I know for you, April, you've mentioned your clients ain't on Facebook. They not looking for you on Instagram. You don't need an Instagram page for your clients. So the the business owners out here, you have to understand who your audience is and where they are because advertising on Facebook, if they're not there, that's like talking to the, throwing a rock in the ocean. And and hoping mm-hmm. that it finds something. So that piece was good. And then I also want to talk about. You may mention of this, but people probably don't totally understand the fresh Streps way. But you may mention that during the pandemic, people became aware of their health concern. You know, of their health, they became more into with their health. They had downtime. We all had all this downtime to read and to learn mm-hmm. and to do all of that. And you know, everybody was masking up and some people were doing what, shields and all of that stuff yep. that they had on. And mm-hmm. your service is offered in a one-on-one setting. And yes. so you didn't mention that part, but I think that's very important. And it's important for a couple of reasons because it sounds like it could be limiting, right? There yes. people, you know, you, you can only see one client at a time. So yeah. all that you can do is so, there's only so many hours in a day. And a lot of people are scared of that. That's why they want to have those big menus to offer all of these different services because they want to try to get as many people in as they can. But you went a little different way than that. You didn't try to get 25 people to do all of these different things. You looked at your menu and you did what?
1: So I, I basically looked at my, because my menu is different from when I first started Fresh Steps three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I basically, um, it, it, um, what what is the word that I want to use? Um, after doing my services, I basically perfected my skill set, identified what people were actually looking for. And now my my menu of services has five things on there. Mm-hmm. I work, I literally take about six clients a day. I work from 10 to five. And I work okay. four days a week.
0: So you created a schedule that works for you. You work four days a week. You work, what, five hours a day, six hours a day? Six hours a day.
1: Seven, because I a, take an hour lunch.
0: <laughs> I was just saying, you get a lunch in there somewhere mm-hmm. and you still have three days off. And you yes. are, and it's one person. You yes. and your client. Yes. And you've been able to sustain your business this way.
1: I've been able to sustain my life this
0: way. your whole life your your business this, this my
1: business pays for the business and my mortgage and my personal thing so this is this is my life so and yeah. you
0: couldn't do that so let's also talk a little bit about your price point because you couldn't do that six let's just do the math you know we like to get these twenty dollar thirty dollar pedicures. so your mm-hmm. pedicure not thirty dollars her pedicure not nowhere near thirty dollars y'all And she'll tell y'all a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. But to come and sit in April's chair, you're going to spend a little money. But Mm -hmm. you could not do that off of selling $20 pedicures. How many $20 pedicures would you have had to sell to be able to support your life and the car you drive and the house you live in and all of those things? So you had to understand. And I know I remember us having the conversation where you're like, this only a $20, $30 service. I'm taking this off the menu. And people are scared to do that.
1: Right. Because the thing is, nobody's asking for it. So why is it there? So like I tell a lot of my clients, I don't do fluff. Mm -hmm. I do not do, I don't upsell paraffin wax. I don't have scented oils and extended massages. My pedicures are straightforward. This is what you get. But what I do do is I give you the best service that you will probably ever get. Yes, it is waterless. And I use the best tools and the best products on the market. So when you leave here, you feel like you just, you feel like you just had a, a soaking pedicure with all of the the whatever, but you got to understand that what I've created for myself, that's the person that wants that type of service is not going to come to me because
0: mm-hmm. that's not my
1: client. So mm-hmm. I, in essence, when I created my business, I literally honed in and created my clients, the people that are going to look, look for me. So the salon hoppers, the people that want the pretty toes, the acrylic toenails and this, that, that's not my client and they won't come to me because they don't want to pay my price. Now, at the end of the day they don't realize after they then upsold them at the traditional nail salon they probably paying more, but uh, my services are an hour. All my services are one hour. You I'm not doing nails so you're not going to be sitting in my chair for 2 hours, you know, making 50 60. I don't I I have perfected my craft to a point where I have all my services At one hour, at the price points that I need. Again, I'm a business person. So I had to understand the cost of everything Mm. that I'm doing, my business expenses, my personal expenses. Because again, this business sustains my personal lifestyle as well as the business. So this business has to make enough money to take care of all of that
0: of your bills. And so that right. this is good too, because I know this is something that you teach with with your clients also. And we want to talk about it a little bit as well. Understanding what it takes to run your business. So we're going to do two parts talking about understanding what it takes to make this business work. What do you need? We talk about if you have that whole menu of uh offering you got to have the supplies for all of that menu of offerings that you have. Exactly. So mm-hmm. those are expenses that add up. And then also talking about how you were able to pinpoint what your best selling service is or what your people wanted. I know you can kind of know by them asking, but we look at reports. You know, mm-hmm. we, we look at the numbers and the math and a lot of people, especially probably in the beauty industry, aren't doing that. So let's talk about how you determined what you needed to charge and then, how you determine what services you needed to focus on provide.
1: Right. So the biggest thing that, first of all, I I have an intake form and um and a and a e commerce system. My I do Square.
0: One point so of So Square
1: them. gives mm-hmm. me a lot of information. And so the other thing about my business is that when I set it up i set it up like a business so there are processing systems in place first and foremost for myself as well as the client Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: because i have those systems in place my reporting is always on point so my reporting is going to tell me my types my top selling service my top selling um product um and and from there on and that's that's kind of how helped me to um understand what services need to be offered in addition to when you're doing your clients like i always tell people your your business will tell you where to go and Mm -hmm. so i've actually had to make some changes based on that because um so good example i was doing my first time clients was coming in usually they would come in with a very i would have to do extensive work on them Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that was taking me more than an hour. So I had to wind up creating a service called my first time client service, where it's still an hour, but because there's no defined service, like you're not getting a medical pedicure or a signature pedicure or routine, I get to do what I need to do to prepare that client for the next service. And I get to keep it within my window of time. Okay. Okay. So when, you're, when I'm working my business, that kind of helps me um, manage my time and my money.
0: Okay, because mm, your time ex- is your money.
1: <laughs> exactly. So when you manage your time, you can manage your money. And based on my expenses for personal and business helps me determine with a calculation what my pricing should be to be able to make the money I need to make for the goals that I have set for myself. So it's all a step-by-step process, but you can't say, I want to make six figures. If you don't even know how, what, what your business is about to pay for.
0: Yeah. And we, and that's a good
1: point. Six figures. <laughs> yeah. So we can talk about
0: that in a couple ways, but one thing that is a good point to understand that you can't say you want to make six figures. You want to make, you want to work four days a week and you want to earn, I mean, you want to work four days a week and you want to work six hours a day and you want to make six figures and you charge them $20 for a pedicure. That math don't add up. Right. The the math don't add up. And I think that people don't do the math that way from the beginning. They just say, oh, I'm charging these $20 pedicures. I want to make $100,000 a year at least and don't realize how much they have to work in order to be able to do that. So you can't do four days a week, six hours a day at $20 an hour. I mean, if you get a calculator and add that up, that's not going to add up to where you want to go. So what you have to do, if you determine, because your business, and I teach this all the time, as a business owner, you have the ability to design your business around the lifestyle that you want, but you have to do the research to do so. So I know like for you, April, it's very important that you have your three days off a week. So we're gonna price this accordingly so that we have that we can get the work in,
1: and get Mm -hmm. the three
0: days off a week that you want.
1: Exactly, and a lot. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of uh, nail techs make when they're pricing their services is they're pricing it in comparison or in competition with the person next to them, with the traditional nail salons, with the nail tech up the street. And I, I always tell them, you can have two nail techs in the same salon side by side, and they will each have a certain type of clientele that will come for them for that one thing that they do and that they do well.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so that's
1: that called what? And so that's what they have to understand and realize is that it's not about pricing it for the person up the street because you know you don't want to be too high because then they'll go down the street it's pricing your value what mm-hmm. are you valued at I have when my clients come in my certifications and stuff is on the wall and that impresses them
0: mm-hmm. because they're like mm-hmm. oh my
1: god you know what you're doing
0: and so oh I want that's very good and also when you go because you're specialized right so right. being a specialized service, you're able to get that advanced education that you talked about a little earlier. Right. And that's what sets you apart from the other nail salons and the other nail techs. And we mentioned this in a previous podcast with a previous guest where we're talking about the difference between being a generalist and being a specialist. The price mm-hmm. point is very different. So you've very. done what we call niching and niching down, whichever way I want to call it. And you've, you're very specialized in what you offer. And whenever something is very specialized, the price point is higher. The price Much point higher. is higher. Yes.
1: Exactly. And people look for like So I haven't had to market my business in almost two years because people are looking for me. I am the only person in the DFW area that does what I do to my level. Not so bad. when I say that, there are other people that offer medical pedicures and, you know, routine foot cares, and they can do that. However, with my certifications and my training that I have, the fact that that's all I do is feet, I don't do um, nails. You do not find nails, uh, hands of any sort on my menu. That's, that makes me look a lot different than the nail tech who says they can do this, but they're also doing hands. Mm -hmm. because then Mm -hmm. you can't get as many people in to do feet this is all I do this is you know so I have perfected my skill set and for my business and people look for me and that's why I haven't had to market my business we're getting ready to start some marketing because we're growing And that's to um, build up, get more clientele. It's still people out there that have no idea that I exist until they have a problem and they go Google me and I show up. And you show up. And what's so cool about this, I think that you've been able to really
0: tap into an industry, dominate that industry and do well in that industry as a one person business. So yes. and, I, and I know that you this has happened to you several times. People fly into town and come into town just to come and get your services because they can't find anybody else that does what you do. And I think that speaks to when you're very specialized in something, you said it, this is all you do. So you know exactly stuff, A, B, C, D, hour in, hour out. And they're gonna have a good experience when they come and see you. So you don't have to offer a whole lot of things You've been able to do it with just offering a very, very limited menu.
1: Yes. And most of my clientele, like I say, I've started with um, most of my clientele has come from my clients going to their doctors, telling their doctors about me. And this actually is so funny because this happened to me today. I had a first time client in my chair. She mm-hmm. was telling me that she was referred from a podiatrist. I have never met this podiatrist, but I do know that one of my previous clients is one of his, um, clients and, um, she told him about me. Okay. So we're, we're in her service. I'm mm-hmm. doing her service. We're talking about, cause she had some really like some really bad issues with her told that she had to constantly see her podiatrist for and so she said, the doctor recommended you. You came highly recommended. I have never met this doctor before in my life.
0: Mm. And
1: honestly, I'm gonna tell you before today, I thought he was an old man. So <laughs> in the process, in the process, unbeknownst to me and her, the podiatrist shows up at my office. Today? Today, in oh, the middle wow. of her service. He said I was in the area and I wanted to stop by to see if I can get some more um some more flyers because we've been passing out making copies uh because my client had took him. I gave my client a brochure and I said, take this to your doctor.
0: She mm-hmm. did it
1: and he's been taking it and making copies. <laughs> and that's what Wow. He said, wow. People. So he said, I'm in the area, and I just thought I'd take the chance to stop by.
0: Mm. And he said, Stay like, ready. Oh,
1: Yes, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is a young doctor. And I told him, I'm like, I don't have any flyers because I'm in the process. I said, but I have business cards. Give them this card and they got all the information for them to make their appointments. But because of what I do and what they've seen, this is how I've gotten, I work with several podiatrists that I have not even met that refer clients to me. So your so- name,
0: yes, yeah, so your name and your work is entering into rooms that you have not even entered in. And people are speaking on your behalf. And again, that is because one, you're a specialist, you specialize in what you do. Two, you've dominated your industry. Three, you're obviously doing a good job that the podiatrists are like, oh yeah, she can help. She can help you. And you may mention of something, you do something that podiatrists don't do or don't want to do, but their clients need, their patients need. So you're helping the patient and helping the podiatrist. So it's a double win.
1: But the one thing I wanted with that is to say is that my business is a solution to a problem. And this Mm -hmm. is where a lot of business people don't think about. They have this great idea. They created the product. But what solution, what problem does your business solve? I'm able to be in a space that I'm in because I saw a problem and I became the solution to that problem. And Love this is that. why the doctors, the doctors send that because they know that. And, and the thing is, we work hand in hand. They mm-hmm. come to me, but they still have to go to their doctors for their follow up. But in between time, I'm the person that they need to see. And mm. this is why they don't have a problem sending them. Because, again, like you said, they don't want to do this. But I'm, also, I'm a solution to their problem. And I that's like how that. a lot of people have been finding me. They have a problem and they go on Google trying to figure out where I can get a solution, how I can fix this.
0: I like so that. so that's
1: a big thing to think about in your business is what problem do you solve? As cliche as it may be, that's why I'm in the position that I'm in now is because I saw a problem that needed to be solved and I became the solution.
0: And that's wonderful because, again, you don't have to sell your product or service. People need it and they're looking for it. But we're going to switch right. gears a little bit. You're, you're doing really well in business now. You've been able to put yourself in a position that you feel comfortable in. You're on a growth track. But it was not always like that. So let's just be real with the people, right? Like you, Like you said, you launched your business in 2019. Was starting mm-hmm. to get up and running, get going. You had a whole lot of things going on personally at that time, but you, you were in it to win it. You had to do what you need mm-hmm. to do. And then mm-hmm. COVID came and COVID right. shut you down.
1: Right. How scary was that? And how did you handle it? Well, at the time, you know what? At that time, the scariest part was when COVID hit and they shut us down. I, we got kicked out. I got kicked out of my place. Um, that I was at, so I had to move. I had to relocate my business. Mm-hmm. That was probably the scariest part of it because, um, again, I have a business background, so I knew basically all I had to do was just, you know, restart up my marketing again. Mm-hmm. But when I did, I didn't actually really start up any marketing after I opened up because, for so, again, when COVID reopened, like, I ain't going to lie, COVID helped my business. It brought about the awareness because mm-hmm. when i opened up my business um people were waiting on we were not closed but like eight weeks but people were waiting for the services and then i was in and this is another thing location for some reason my location made a huge difference
0: location matters
1: and it does matter but for what i do people travel they will come but i'm the only one but the location that i'm in now um made a big difference for people i don't know what it what it was that was so different because i'm not that far away from my other location but a lot of my clients did come with me and then again after COVID, it started to pick up so that was good my business is growing the momentum i'm getting more clients each month but we're talking um uh, um may open back up may of 2020 and my father passed away in November of 2020. Okay. So that's when things got scary because my father was living with me, and his his income helped. Because that again, was a cushion. A, yeah. Right, this was a new business, so I wasn't making what I'm making now. And then I lose a whole income out of my um, out of your household, out of my, out of my household. So that was the scary part right there. However, again, and I emphasize, I have a business background because having a business background and setting up my business the way I did is what saved me. Okay,
0: talk about
1: that. And um, my my father passing away, losing that income, I went into depression. I started having panic, anxiety, but because I had systems in place and because I had perfected my craft so much for the year of 2021, literally all I did was show up and perform my services. That because I, you I, had
0: that flow. You already had, had everything the working. Mm-hmm. So
1: all I had to do was show up. If I didn't, if I couldn't smile, if I couldn't talk, if I couldn't do nothing, I knew exactly what I was supposed to do on that person's foot.
0: Mm-hmm. That's I, didn't good.
1: Have, I didn't have to have a whole bunch of tools colors we were not we were not doing no polishes no designs I mean I would polish those sometimes but desi- I didn't have a whole whole lot I had to do I created a system that would help me get it done and so basically I just had to show up for work they were able to book their appointments online they showed up for their appointment I did their service and they was gone in the hour we was on to the next one
0: so that was Dad. helpful for you. Yeah, yeah. and that, they that. a lot of choices. So we didn't have a
1: lot of work to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there was not, you knew what exactly they offered. And that is so important too. McDonald's capitalized on that, right? McDonald's had, when they first started, they had hamburger cheeseburger, fries and a Coke. And it was an assembly line type thing. So it was so easy that you could do it without thinking about it. And that's kind of right. how your business is now. You can do it without thinking about it. So I want to ask you, you you're there now, but what is mm-hmm. one thing that if you had to go back and tell nail tech April, mm-hmm. when you first started, what piece of advice would you give an early person in business or in beauty, preferably business in general, but in the beauty industry or in the nail industry? And I think, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you say it. What piece of advice would you give them?
1: The biggest piece, so the thing about the cosmetology industry, which encompasses the beauty industry, hair, nails, barbers, whatever, is that there is so much for us that we can do in our industry. You know, when we go to, when you go to cosmetology school, you are learning a little bit of everything. So you can do everything. When Mm you go in nail school, you know, there's so much out there that you can do. Now you can do um, gel, hard gels, they got builder gels, they got acrylics, dips, I I mean, just an array of everything. And that's the beauty and the downfall of our business. And my biggest advice to people in industry, any industry that offers an array of ways you can go is understand you don't have to do everything. Mm -hmm. It is okay to pick one one thing and okay. master it and be good at it because that's what people will come to you for. And I always tell me, what is that one thing that you do so well that people come to you time and time again? And if you have your records, you will see my type selling service is such and such. That's that one thing. I have the lady that does my nails. Yeah, I don't, cause I don't do nails. I ain't doing that. Lady that does my nails. She has one service. This is all that she does. She does a builder gel. She doesn't do tips. She does it on your natural nail. I love the way she does my nail. She has one service.
0: Mm. There's it. a book. I think I may have talked to you about this book too. And this is something I'm you uh, the listeners may want to grab and understand. There's this book called The One Thing. And it says, what is that one thing that you can do and do well and focus in on it? And I won't lie, April knows, I struggled with the one thing because I'm multi-talented. I'm Um, Mm multi-passionate. And it's it's not necessarily an easy thing to figure out what your one thing is. Because again, Mm -hmm. when you offer so many things, like in a business like mine, I I have a consultancy. So we offer a bunch of different services for women business owners. And a lot of them, well, all of them make money, but some of them make more money than others, of course, right? Right. But- It's so, it's hard to find the one thing, but when you do find your one thing and yeah. you work that one thing, and that one thing may not be necessarily one service like your nail, your nail um, professional has, but the one thing that sets you apart, the one thing that you can master and dominate and do well in your sleep, that will make, can make, as long as it's the right one thing, can make your business and change your business and change right.
1: your life. And, and you don't have life. to do. feel like you have to do everything. And that is the one thing that I really try when I do my business coaching is to get the, the um, nail techs to scale down their menu because you can, if I want to go somewhere and I just want my nails done and you got a million different things, it's going to overwhelm me as a consumer.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and think people- I- people a lot of that. times anyway get the same service over and over again like i only get the same thing when i go get my nails done i exactly. do that. i go to subway i order the same thing every time i go to subway i order starbucks i got the same thing at starbucks i don't even know all the different items that are on the menu so right. there are there are a bunch of people that all they want is a gel manicure all they want is a feet done all that, you yeah. know, and, and your clients, you know, again, they, they're in pain. I know you say this all the time. They want to stop that pain. That's all they want when they come to you.
1: Exactly. Or they have <laughs> their toenails. They feel like their toenails look so bad. They just want them to look better, mm-hmm. you know? So if, if you can hone in on that one thing and not feel like you have to do everything, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is going to change the trajectory of your business, especially in the cosmetology world where there's so many different, I mean, if you think about it, you got hairstylists that focus on shortcuts, you know, um, hairstylists that master coloring, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, or the ones that mass. you got locticians, all they do is locks. So people are starting to understand because at the end of the day, it's enough money out here for everybody.
0: Yep. It sure is. And that's- You
1: have to do everything.
0: And you want to make relationships. Again, talking to people that offer complimentary services to yours. Maybe you get some people that come to you, they want their nails done, but you don't do nails. So you can refer them to somebody else. And that person, the traditional nail tech can see somebody come in and their feet are in a situation where that person shouldn't be servicing them. So they know that they can refer them to Fresh Steps. And that's how you grow in your area of specialty. And I think that the whole purpose of me having you on the show today was to actually talk about being a specialist, you know, finding that niche and really working it. And before we go, I have to mention, I would just be remiss to mention, we talked about that six-figure earner, that person who wants to earn six figures. And we want to talk about, you and I talked about this a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago or something like that. Let's talk about the difference in What six figures look like in a business? I mean, there is a six-figure income, there's a six-figure revenue, there's a six-figure profit. Can you talk about that a little bit, Miss Business Nail, coach?
1: (laughs) Okay, so the first thing you need to understand is that somebody working in corporate and somebody owning a business, those six figures look completely different. If I'm in corporate and somebody is paying me a paycheck, they're paying me hundred thousand dollars. They're taking their ta- they're taking the taxes, my portion of the taxes, and I'm getting the rest. As a business owner, my business can bring in six figures, but not only am I responsible for my taxes, I'm also responsible for the taxes of the business. So for those of you who don't know, you pay 15% in taxes. Seven and a half comes out of your check and the business pays the other seven and a half. Whereas a business owner, I'm responsible for the whole 15%. So I actually pay myself a salary where I can cover... Um having the seven and a half come out of my paycheck in addition to the business covering the other seven and a half percent in addition to the business. So my salary again, covers my personal at home expenses, you know, just like I had a job, I mm-hmm. can only live off that paycheck, but the other portion of the money um, supports the business. If I need tools, um, products and things like that, that I need, that portion comes from there. So my six figures look completely different than somebody that's working a corporate job getting a paycheck. Mm -hmm. However, um, I am the business owner. So like I do have access to it. But again, I have to know how to manage my money in order for my business to continue because at the same time, I still need to give myself a raise. So I I need to know how that money, when it comes in, what it looks like and how it's being spent. Because I am giving myself a raise in 2023.
0: (laughs) Next year. So that's so important. Because I'm there. (laughs) You you positioned yourself to be able to afford to give yourself a raise. So I want everybody to take away from that one piece is, Because you earn six figures, $100,000, which really goes really fast in business, FYI. But because you earn $100,000 in your business does not mean that you have $100,000. Your business has bills. Your business has expenses. So there is $100,000 in revenue. There's $100,000 in income. And there's $100,000 in profit. Those are three different Different things things. three different things and so those that have a that work a corporate job they may have a hundred thousand dollars in income whereas a business owner probably has can generally will have a hundred thousand dollars in revenue into the business but that didn't count for all the things that have to go out of that paying for your rent paying for your insurance paying your taxes and these are all things that business owners pay for but that's another conversation for another right. day. Because I know but we need to there.
1: But understand, and that's how you set your pricing. Because you need mm-hmm. to know those things. And that's, you know, because we're not Walmart. Mm-hmm. Walmart can get that stuff at a much greater discount than us as small business owners.
0: Buying so, is shorter, you, smaller volume, yeah. Right,
1: exactly. So you can't look at people that look at you like you're a Walmart or because you own your own business, mm-hmm. you can make your own decisions it's you got to know your numbers
0: that's so important the the math is the math the men lie women lie numbers don't So as we get ready to wrap up the episode i do thank you so much for joining in my final question for you is do you have any books or podcasts that you would recommend that business owners read or listen to
1: oh my god um let me pull them out. So um, I don't have any podcasts other than this one. Actually, Hi. But, <laughs> um, I am an avid follower of Sarah Jax Roberts because I feel like she is a very good person that speaks to the entrepreneur in her messaging. Um, it just depends on what type of faith you have or what religion. So I'm not pushing, but it's she has a good book called Woman Evolve. Um, I've read 50 Cent's book. Um, that was a great business book. I've read um, who was the other one? Uh, uh, Rick Ross. That a book. Day book. A,
0: girl, <laughs> a perfect a date to Boston. Uh,
1: I'm actually, yeah. again, I'm a, a business, I mean a, a, um, educator for a brand, one of the top brands in the nail industry. And when I go and have my classes, because my uh, company sponsors a lot of the products, I give a Educator's gift, and that lately, that gift has been Rick Ross's book, "A Perfect Day to Boss Up," because there's so many lessons in that book. It's so
0: rich. I read it in one day. I read it in one day. I also read the 50 Cent book as well. Another very good book. So you gave how many um,
1: books? What's that? It's the tiny. What is the name of that book? It's like Tiny Business. Yes, the magic of Tiny Business. That's also. A good book so yeah woman evolved by sarah jakes roberts um a perfect day to boss up by rick ross the 50 cents book i can't think of the name of it i can't see the what title. Is
0: it? Called? hustle hustle harder hustle smarter so one of those two things you're gonna go grab it because i can't think of it too but that was a hustle really harder good
1: hustle actually that's the name of the book It's um curtis 50 cent jackson hustle harder hustle smarter um and then The the Magic of Little Tiny, what was it?
0: The Magic of Tiny Business. That's a good <laughs> one. The Magic of Tiny Business is a good book and it's a quick read. So we are, uh, this conversation has been good. If you take nothing else away from this conversation, I want you to take away trying to find your one thing that you can do and master and do really well and do your thing in that industry. I also want you to take away Paying attention to those numbers in your business, paying attention to what's working and what's not working, what's selling and what's not selling. Uh, I said that was my last question about the book, but I do want to make sure to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you want to make sure that the readers here—I mean, sorry—that the listeners here or no
1: Um, n- not that I can think of, outside of just knowing your numbers. Um. Creating that one thing that you do so well, you don't have to do everything. Um, I think we yeah. covered it. Yep. And always. Oh, another thing is, my business. When my clients come in, they always ask me, "Is this a franchise?" How you present your business is how people will treat your business. You mm. gotta respect. You gotta have your systems and your um, branding on point from the inside out because a lot of my clients come to me because of the image that they see they don't see me first they don't see my services but when they go on my website when they walk into the salon the first thing they want to ask me is this a franchise do I have any other locations I am like in a 9 by 12 suite that's how small it is but the way Mm -hmm. it's set up and the process that comes in they can respect that and because i'm in uniform scrubs i have my branded apron on like everything is always on point and i have been consistent throughout consistency matters it
0: consistency, it definitely matters and it helps like when you're consistent you learn the flow you know you can be on autopilot on days when you don't feel like, you know, you put your apron, you ain't got to worry about what you're going to wear. You're going to put your apron on, you're going to put your scrubs yeah. on, you're going to go in. You got all the same tools. So that definitely helps. And before we get off into anything else, we're going to go ahead and put a pin in it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Again, I thank you so very much for coming on. I thank you for sharing your story and your expertise with the listeners of that Startup Girl podcast. Let the people know how they can find Fresh Steps. If they are looking for you, um, how do they get in touch with you?
1: So, um, like I say, um, you can Google me at Fresh Steps Medical Foot and Nail Spa, (laughs) because I swear I can never remember. I am in McKinney, Texas. Um, I'm also at Fresh Steps Medi Spa on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I am getting ready to start Fresh Steps Foot Care on YouTube where I will be sharing um, uh, uh, foot care tips. So that is important for a lot of people who cannot get to me. So please um, subscribe to that channel. It's out there, but there's nothing on it right now. But that's what we're working on, being able to educate the community and our people on how to better take care of their feet. Um, And so I'm excited about that um so yeah if you follow me on um instagram or facebook at fresh steps medical foot and nail spa
0: you can keep that's how you you connect sounds good april does take her services on the road so make sure to go and follow her on social media and figure out where she'll be next what services that she can offer that may be beneficial to you if you are a nail tech and you're listening again she does offer fresh steps business coaching for nail tech so that she can help you do the business of doing your nails again i am latasha nicole that startup girl i thank you so much for joining conversations with that startup girl today i'll talk to you guys soon see you on the next episode have a great rest of your day